as I was learning about ethical non-monogamy, consensual non-monogamy, there were so many things about consent that came up that had never occurred to me because it doesn't really or hasn't existed in gay culture. Mm-hmm. You know, you go into a gay bar, especially one where it's like partial clothes optional, mm-hmm. um, people are going to touch you. It's yeah. like expected. Yeah. And they're going to like say things about your body. And it's exce- And when I say that, none of that is negative. It's generally always like positive things. So, you know, like they're going to compliment your, your button and touch it. They're going to like, you know... Right, compliment this... your package and touch it. And all of that is just expected to be okay. Right. Yeah. So until I was listening to these other podcasts and conversations about couples that go to these parties and there, the thing that had, one of the things that blew my mind first was asking consent to watch. Welcome back to Dear Polly, a podcast about sexual exploration and polyamory. In this episode, we welcome Andre as we discuss consent, where we are today culturally, what does it sound like, what does it look like, what does it feel like, and how can we impact the future of consent culture? Make sure to check out the show notes for more information about Andre and links to his program. If you have a question or a topic you would like us to discuss, please feel free to reach out on the gram at Dear Polly Podcast or through our anonymous web form at dearpollypodcast.com. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Follow us on the gram, like and share, but most importantly, I hope you enjoy. So first I want to say thank you so much for joining me. Um, For my listeners, this is Andre. And um, he is someone that has reached out, um, enjoys the show, and has uh, some projects of his own in the works, which he'll have an opportunity to speak about in the end. Um, Is there anything you'd like to say before we get started to kind of introduce yourself? Sure. Well, first, thank you for having me, Philip. Um, Yeah, my name is Andre Lazarus. I'm an intimacy guide as well as sacred intimate. And... um, I've just been learning more and more about myself, my sexuality, the things that really interest me and the way that humans connect for many, many years. And in the last 10 years have been like really a big awakening for me, which has launched me into what is my purpose of this work. And through that, I found your, your podcast and, and all of your material. And I really enjoyed the way that you connect. And I reached out because I thought we could have a really fun conversation. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate that. I appreciate that a lot. I have looked at your um, uh, Instagram page and I really like the content that you're putting out as well. I think you have a lot of valuable insight. Um, I think you can do a lot for you can do a lot for people. So um, definitely make sure we plug that at the end so people can find you. Yeah. So today's topic, um, so Andre and I had a conversation to kind of see how can we collaborate, um, what could be beneficial for my listeners. And um, I recently had a post on Instagram that kind of blew up, um, not an original content piece, but it was about... um, consent. And 
um, interestingly enough, um, I have a friend who just recently discovered my podcast. And in episode, he listened to episode one and two, and then he messaged me. And a lot of episode one and two is talking about kind of uh, deprogramming and how um, the, you know, the social norms that we grow up in, especially if you're in a religious, um, uh, you have a religious influence, like how I had a very religious family, mm-hmm. um, how it's a lot of work to kind of pull. Um, all of those internal dialogues, that internal narrative out. And he presented kind of an interesting twist. He said, um, you should do an episode on consent uh, based on not so much, how was it that he worded it? How, How consent is manipulated based on the way that you're raised when you're in a religious, um, upbringing, not necessarily because the other person is trying to manipulate you, but um, in a very religious upbringing, there's kind of this idea that we have to be agreeable, that we have to be a pleaser. Um, And so his idea was really like from a female perspective, how much of a role does that play on their inability to say no or be truthful, Mm. or um, something like that. So when we kind of landed on consent, and then later on, I was thinking back on, I was like, hey, this goes right in line with, uh, with what he was saying. I I feel like this is just perfectly timed. So um, I would love to have this dialogue and get your thoughts on consent. And what does it look like, sound like, you know, all all of that. Yeah, I would love that. And um... First, I will be also speaking from the male perspective mm-hmm. because um, I will never be able to understand what it is to be um, a female-bodied individual or the um, ways that they go about the world. So everything that I'm sharing is from my perspective and then also from interactions that I have with male-bodied, female-bodied individuals. Absolutely. While I am not a female-bodied individual, I am generally the receiver in my um, experiences. So I definitely can't speak for a female, but I can from the receiver side of it and my personal experiences on it. So beautiful. You know, yeah. I'll give I'll give my two cents here and there. I love that. And and I also very strongly recognize my my feminine as well. I definitely reside like both feminine and and my masculine in this form so um yeah consent yeah it's something i i wish i in a way i say i wish i knew this earlier on but i don't know if i would have been prepared for it but there was always this part of me that i felt was not this one bodied cis gender male being that there was more to me than that and it took a lot of self-education to learn. And, um, and that's why, you know, this consent conversation is so important because I feel because I've recognized that feminine side of myself, I've been able to really share more, you know, driven consent conversations because I, you know, in my more alpha male masculine, um, it might not have like showed up as much. Like I think of myself in my late teens, early twenties, where I definitely carried a lot of that toxic masculinity um, 
you know, sometimes, you know, societal um, like structure brought that into what that was, but it's still no excuse for like ways that I could have been much better in the ways that I can, um, I consented or provided consent conversations with lovers and, and other individuals. So, um, I think it's a really important topic and more and more people are talking about it. Absolutely. I completely agree. Um, it was really eye-opening for me when that post took off because for me, um, I just I kind of have a little system for, for what types of posts I post each day. And one of them is always like a, a sex positive tip. And so, you know, I try to put things that uh, just help provide a very healthy sexual experience and consent being one of them. So when I ran across this little, you know, graphic that broke down uh, a very simple way to think about, you know, five, five elements that make up consent, I was like, oh, this is great. I'll just post this. And I was like, I didn't even know if it would get much attention, but, you know, I was, I just thought that it was very valuable because it was a really easy way to break it down. And it just blew up. And I was like, wow, I feel like I feel like this might be a much bigger topic. It might be uh, really resonating with people on a level that I didn't expect or Mm. realize. So I think it's a really good time. I think just culturally right now, especially in the U S I think it's just, it's a, it's a part of the conversation that um, people want to hear, want to have heard. Yeah. Very much. To understand. Yeah, I totally agree with that. As you said, like the time that we are currently in and speaking from the U.S. where we're located, um, it's a transformational time and more voices, maybe voices that were underrepresented um, are now having more platforms, more access to be able to share that voice, which is creating a larger conglomerate of individuals who can now say, oh, this thing that didn't feel good to me then, or might still not feel good to me now. I want to talk about that. I don't want to just, you know, like you said, you know, from the conversation you have with your friend, this idea that because of like maybe certain beliefs that you have to be agreeable. And in that the consent is really, you know, it's, it's something that you're going to, eventually have to do anyway. So you might as well just be agreeable to it, at least from the, from that example. And that's just not the case. Like Mm -hmm. we, we should be voicing when we're not feeling comfortable about something or someone. And there's ways of going about it that you don't have to be, you know, so much like cruel or mean in sharing when you don't want something done to your body or a certain word or phrase might be triggering or activating to you. But keeping that suppressed is, you know, it's generation upon generation of like trauma that we get passed down to where we currently are right now. So this is really an opportunity for all of us to like break that break that cycle and create these safe places for these conversations around anything, but like specifically consent. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think, uh, I think you're spot on. So in our conversation, you had said you had um, like some points or ideas around consent. I would love to hear this. I would love to to see what you've got. Yeah. Yeah. So 
um, just some context for your your listeners, your viewers. Um, me and my partner, uh, we've been in a, a non-monogamous relationship for eight years, ever since we've known each other. And that is where, while I was still having consent conversations prior to my relationship with her, I was married before, um, I've been in past relationships, uh, and also transparently for everyone, I also have my own history of traumatic experiences where consent was not uh, part of the exchange. I was actually, uh, the first time I ever was intimate um, sexually with someone, I was raped. And that was something that kind of threw my mind into a little bit of a tailspin. And I was definitely angry. And I definitely was wanting to create a safe space for me to return the power that I feel like I had lost. So consent has been a big part of my life for decades upon decades. And in this eight years with my partner and our consensual non-monogamous relationship, we have really started to unravel and relearn and help educate others around conversations when it comes to any form of touch any form of like more intentioned physical intimacy, perhaps even like certain like words or pronouns. And um, the, the ways that we have learned have been through trial and error. So um, we will do a certain practice with each other and then we might do it with a lover or, you know, it might be a couple that we connect with intimately and we'll have intention conversations around what we like, what, you know, might not be serving us currently, what other people's likes, boundaries, guardrails are, um, consent and boundaries, I feel like really go hand in hand. So some of the things that we do is really carving out intentional time to check in with one another about if we're like example, going into a play space, um, and while we've done this many times, we still practice this, which is we will sit and say, so what do you feel in your body right now about us going to this event tonight? We'll do it beforehand and we'll check in with one another, seeing how we're feeling. And then we'll say, well, I would like to go ahead and be physically intimate with only you tonight, but with other people watching, is that something you would be interested in? So by me checking in with her, sharing what I desire, but also seeing how she feels about it, this is where that consent conversation comes in. Because if I just said, this is what I want to do, and I'm really excited about it, and then not actually checking in with her, then her voice might be suppressed or not even felt like it's, you know, it counts in that moment. So um, that's just one example of, of a consent conversation that we've had. So I have to, I have to like chirp in here for a minute because um, it was the pride right before COVID hit. Um, was it, or was it the pride after COVID had, 
No, it was just Pride last year. Oh, Pride last year. Okay. Yeah, but it was uh, it was a late Pride because Pride Pride didn't happen. So the city, because uh, Columbus has like the fifth largest Pride celebration in the country, which a lot of people don't know that because it's I, like I did not know that. It, we're very gay. <laughs> we, we we love our diversity here. So um, yeah, so uh, it's a big deal. But we didn't get to have Pride Pride because the numbers were still too bad. So we were we were social distancing. But um, towards the later end of that year, just before fall, because I think it was like September, because it was right before. I think it was before Halloween. They kind of did a mini Pride, and. Um, and it wasn't like citywide, but it was like some of the bars kind of orchestrated, like, you know, this, this, um, I don't know, like, like a pride event. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up going to my first sex party. And um, I know it was very exciting. Um, incredibly nerve wracking, though, because mm-hmm. I, I don't know, I, I'm super self-conscious. Uh, I have a lot of insecurities about my body and I, and, and then I, you know, when I say that, I, I don't mean for that to like, I don't know, come across the wrong way at all because I, I recognize that I have a beautiful body, uh, still insecure about it sometimes though. Um, and, um, I, uh, as I was learning about ethical non-monogamy, consensual non-monogamy, there were so many things about consent that came up that had never occurred to me because it doesn't really or hasn't existed in gay culture. Mm-hmm. You know, you go into a gay bar, especially one where it's like partial clothes optional, mm-hmm. um, people are going to touch you. It's yeah. like expected. Yeah. And they're going to like say things about your body. And it's exact. And then when I say that, none of that is negative. It's generally always like positive things. So, you know, like they're going to compliment your, your button and touch it. They're going to like, you know, right, compliment this- your package and touch it. And all of that is just expected to be okay. Right. Yeah. So until I was listening to these other podcasts and conversations about couples that go to these parties and they're the thing that had, one of the things that blew my mind first was Asking consent to watch. Mm-hmm. Yep. That had never occurred to me. Or me. Or me before I went to my first one or like <laughs> re- research. Yeah, it's what, but what you're saying, like I, I, I want to make sure we address it before like we go far too far past it is that while I've also been to several um, gay bars and also experienced the same. And while the experience might be flattering and might have, but that that's the, that's the rub is that we've created just in general, this idea that um, if you want to touch something or if you want to like compliment someone in a way that might be like, more than just a a nicety that that's that's acceptable or that it's okay in some form or fashion and that's that's where we you and I are having this conversation to bring to light that that's only okay if it's okay for you as that person receiving but if 100%. it is not if it's not then you can speak out on that and be like actually I appreciate you not touching my butt or grabbing my junk as you said even like a hug, this is the, I, this is something that I only learned in the last probably 10 years, which is 
I'm a hugger. I touches my number one love language. I hug because it's a way for me to connect. Um, and it's not something that's like overtly sexual of me just wanting to touch a body. However, not everyone wants to receive a hug or people might, that might be super triggering to someone. So it's something that now what I've done again in the last like 10 years, I will actually ask someone, or if I see them gesturing for a hug, cause I'm a hugger, I'll just go for it. But before, if they are, if I don't see them doing that, I'll introduce myself and then I'll say, um, I'm a hugger. Would you like a hug? And sometimes people don't. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll get the the elbow or like the fist bump. So, which is perfectly fine. But th- this is just an example of where the more people that talk about it and hear about it, the more that consent, even in that type of like scenario, will be understood. I I completely agree. I um the the reason why it was so mind blowing for me to kind of have that realization was because, you know. I've been going to a gay club since I was like 15 and a half, 16 years old. Cause my mom lived right above one. Um, so like, <laughs> lucky you. <laughs> uh, so like I was able to get in there. Um, so for me, the idea, what's implied is that if it's a compliment, if what they're doing is flattering you, whether it's talking about you or touching you, it's supposed to be okay because it's it's supposed to be flattery. It's a compliment. I grew up with that understanding that that was okay. It was supposed mm-hmm. to be okay. So when I realized that I had the power and, and that it was okay for me to tell someone, thank you for the compliment, please don't touch me. Mm-hmm. Like it was kind of mind blowing. Yeah. And the first time I put that into play, because the main the main bar that I go to is the local fetish bar. And it is like partial close optional. Um, if you go on a Saturday or Sunday, almost everybody's gonna be like 75% naked. <laughs> and um you just have to cover the vital parts. Um and uh I usually participate. For me, that was a way for me to overcome the insecurities that I had about my body. Good for you. um, Was to like jump in. Love it. And the first time that like somebody went to touch me and I felt empowered to be like, ah, consent is a thing and you have Mm -hmm. not asked. uh, They were like taken back. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm not the only one that does that. It's, but I was just, you know, speaking from my personal experience, but I have seen recently more and more people just asking before they touch. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I just think that's really wonderful to see happening, um, to see kind of that cultural shift in the mindset. And, um, I, I love that. I look forward to seeing how that progresses even more. Um, yeah. And as you mentioned in like the consensual non-monogamy, ethical non-monogamy, there's a, there's many different terms and everyone has their own interpretation to what those terms are, but in more of the open type dynamics, not the traditional like monogamous dynamics, uh, consent is so prevalent because you're now interacting with multiple people and you're learning about how to like navigate these, you know, it's, you know, can be somewhat challenging at times, but navigating these spaces, 
and asking questions about like who people are, what they like, what they desire starts the conversation, gets people comfortable about like now starting to ask and not assume just because, oh, and this is my, this is my partner here. And she likes all of these things that I do with her to her for her that this new person is going to be the same. And that's not the case. Yeah. So it starts the practice of the consent. Oh, what do you enjoy doing for fun um, outside of work? What do you desire in a, in a pleasure scenario? What are some of your fantasies? And then starting to get more like comfortable. Now you can be like, if you're at that place space, like you said, and you're seeing this beautiful, you know, scene take place rather than just assuming the people over there are wanting you to watch or feel comfortable with that. It takes two seconds to walk up and say, would you mind if I watched? And now it's up to them to provide you with, please, we, you know, take a seat. Or it could be actually, we're really enjoying this moment together. So I appreciate you asking, but we'd like to be alone. 